Howdy, y'all. I'm Leslie. I'm Laurie. Welcome to Sumo Sumo Kaboom, where we talk about all things sumo. Yes, and this week, the bulk of our episode will be about Kotonawaka and his grandfather, yes? Yes, his grandfather. Yeah. Now, we have done an episode on Kotonawaka before. It's episode 129, entitled Mitoryu and Kotonawaka. However, what I recall is we focused more on Kotonawaka and his father rather than his grandfather. Right. And there's a reason we're going to his grandfather, and I'm sure you're going to talk about it in the news. Mm -hmm. Before we get to that news, I just want to say voting is still open Mm -hmm. until February 10th for our sexiest ricochet contest this year. That's right. We will be announcing the winner of that poll next week in a fun-filled episode in which we read all of your poetry and hilarious ideas because y'all are way funnier than we are. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird, but it's also awesome that this tends to be our the best episode like all year long. Everyone really likes this episode. Yeah. So, well, for good reason. All we're talking fun. about is beautiful, beautiful boys. And strong guys and why you like them and, and your poetry and your songs. So yeah. um, make sure you vote on that. Yeah. Speaking of... I sat in on an episode of Sumo Punks this week. Yeah, I was so bummed I didn't get to do that. Yeah. There's only so many hours in the day, but I'm glad that you were available because I know they're such fun. Yes, and it was fun. We spent an hour just talking about sumo butts, and it was lovely. It didn't get too, like... Too spicy? It didn't get too spicy. That that, uh, podcast, I love them both. I love Matt Mm -hmm. and Sabrina, but they're not afraid to go to the adult material. So I sort of stepped into it like, oh, y'all just know I'm just going to start giggling on you if you get too blue on me. And they didn't. They were very nice. <laughs> Speaking of the sexiest Rikishi poll, we had an early submission. It's a sumo love story from Tara. And I just wanted to share it. Okay. She says, I teach ninth grade English in Utah for a suburban town about an hour outside of Salt Lake City. I enjoy sharing my love of sumo with my students and have many sumo decorations in my classroom thanks to winning bingo and being introduced to big sumo fan. My students, like many people who just don't know better, think it's so strange that I love sumo so much. I try to show them a few matches during each basho and I'm always working sumo into my lessons so they can hopefully get a wider understanding than sumo is a lot more than big guys wrestling in their underwear. Last spring, I had one of my quieter students approach me and tell me that his grandma lives in Japan. And I asked him if he knew if she liked sumo wrestling and he said he wasn't sure that she was hard to talk to because there was kind of a language barrier And there's also a time difference. So he says he would email her and ask her, though. Come to find out, his grandma loves sumo. He was able to ask her who her favorite rikishi are. And I helped him translate the kanji and introduced him to the wrestlers. Her favorites are Enho, Ura, and Tobizaru. I taught him some of what I know about sumo, which I largely have to thank your podcast for, and we watched some of their matches so he could message his grandma more about it. So all because of sumo, (laughs) he was able to develop this little connection with his grandmother, who he previously hadn't really had much of a relationship with, and just talk about warming your heart right up. That's so sweet. I love it. Absolutely love that. Yeah, I did too. I thought it was a sweet story, and it's a sumo love story, but a different kind of sumo love story. So no matter what kind of sumo love story you have, send it in. We love them. 
One of the main headlines early in the week was exactly what we chatted about last week, which was we have a new Ozeki, and that is Kotanowaka. Congratulations to him. That was pretty big news. And it was the whole hullabaloo and him and all the pictures with him on top of the other guys in the stable. They're back. And we had a very happy father sitting next to him with a great big smile. We saw his mother and we're like, he is exactly made in the image of his mother. And she is made exactly in the image of her father, who we're going to be talking about. Um, But it was a joyous thing. I always think of him as kind of shy kid, but um, he's just so poised. He's just kind of a pro. So, um, and all the interviews were really um, sweet and um, always mentioning his his grandfather and um, how much of an inspiration he was. So that was the big news early on in the week. And then later in the week, uh, we had Tochi Notion and his retirement ceremony, who Corey and uh, Siggy from Dallas Sumo Club were over there in person watching it. So and live streaming it for all of us at home. It was so cool. So uh, that is just like the coolest. I saw a picture of uh, Siggy with Tochi and uh, that was really, really cool. So it was the usual packed house at the Kokugi Con, um, but it's nice because you could see his kid and uh, the wife who I had envisioned as something completely different. Mm. And it was just like really funny. And his hair looks good. His hair looks good. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like really super short on yeah. the sides. He did short on the sides. So I was like, this is bold choice, but I like it. Yep. I like it. It's modern. It's, it's modern. Recent. It's, yeah. It's different than anybody else's approach. Um, I like. I liked it. He thought about it. Or at least his wife had kind of said, you know what's going to look really good mm-hmm. is this haircut. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I think you're right. Um, another fun uh, tidbit of information that rolled through Asanoyama was entrusted with the toenails and fingernails of his predecessor, his master Takasago. I saw this. Yeah. And was so it just they had a, a f- bad translation or? Nope. It really, really? was. His yeah, nails? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, so there was a farewell to him, uh, Oyakata Takasago, who died at 67, what, last November, something like that. He was well loved. I mean, it was a very tearful um, kind of speech. Uh, Chairman Hakaku, you know, um, was like, Please watch over me with that smile from heaven. He was very beloved at this farewell party. And Asanoyama said that he had been given the clippings of the toenails and fingernails that uh, and given to him by the Okami-san, or the wife of the master, as something he could it's not like he was given like an empty handful of you know fingernails, but like something in a little pouch that he could wear with him when he's wrestling and i was like that's really interesting and i wonder if that's like a tradition or something just unique to sumo but he wants to he 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 mentioned it and how poignant and how big of a a deal that was to have just a little something so i was like that is really interesting news uh and i always like interesting news personally and then what else oh the jsa made a huge donation to the people who are so affected by the most recent earthquake. And it was a really, really lovely donation and uh, 10 million yen um, to that disaster stricken area. So in Ishikawa prefecture. So um, that was really like a nice like tidbit of of news that I liked this week. Yeah. And I kind of think that's mostly it. 
I have a little bit of news. Yes. Actually, this one's from Christina, yes. not from me. So I am going to let Christina of Hanosumo jump in here and tell you all about an event that's coming up February 24th, I believe. She'll explain it. Honosumo Club, now connected with me and Jay's nonprofit, Maximum Effort Foundation. Um, we're having our our second uh, sumo tournament here in, in uh, San Diego. It's called SoCal Sumo Open, um, and it's going to happen uh, at the City Heights Performance Annex, and it's going to be a whole, like, a whole show, like just an amazing event. Anytime we do these tournaments, it's a love letter to the um, the Japanese community um, of like past, present, and future. So in the terrible racism that Japanese folks survived and um, were placed in the internment camps, uh, they still practice the sumo. And uh, with this uh, sumo tournament, we um, always like to just honor and, and shine love and respect and also mourn, right, uh, this time when Japanese folks were treated with such such harm. And then we also, it's a love letter to um, uh, Black and Asian solidarity that's, that's as old as time. And uh, and a love letter to, to little kids like uh, JJ and myself, uh, who were just so uh, spunky, hyperactive, and and just like interested in in everything. People will be like driving by and walking by and be able to see on this stage all these uh, beautiful bodies and beautiful people fighting. And we really hope that shoot, maybe maybe a a little uh, Midori Fiji, Fuji sees and it's like, oh, I want to do someone now. A little baby. yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's going to be uh, Saturday, February 24th, starts at nine. It's going to be uh, food, friends, old and new, neighbors and uh, and vendors. So we're really excited. How can people sign up if they want to come mm-hmm. to either watch or do the sumo? If you want to come to watch, uh, just come. It's open and free to the public. And it's at the City Heights Performance at Annex, 3795 Fairmont Avenue, Fairmont Boulevard. Avenue, I need to be a better promoter. Who knows? It's a street. It's a street. And if you want, for like accurate information, uh, visit our uh, page on Instagram uh, at Honusumo <laughs> on Instagram. Yeah. Perfect. So that's if people want to watch and mm-hmm. people go to the website as well if they want to do the sumo. Yes. We have like every, all the links on the link tree. So yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. How many people do you think you're going to have competing? We're gonna have like 70. And yeah, yeah. And our youngest and our youngest competitor is five years old. Oh, so kids can come and sign up for this tournament. Yeah, kids compete free. If you're under the age of 18, you can compete free. For people that don't know, you and your husband JJ have competed at the World Games in sumo. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. You are a medalist. Yes. You have some medal. You have some bling. World Championship 2023 Team Bronze. Bronze medalist. So it's cool. Amazing. Yes. It's so cool. It is so very cool. Oh but tell gosh. me something you remember about winning that medal and being over there and competing at the international level. If I'm keeping it a hundred, I definitely remember the um 
just the overwhelming pride, like pride of like Kellyanne. Yeah, Kellyanne, like, oh my gosh, like just the how like of amazing and like gracious leader she is. Hmm. You know, Kellyanne was, you know, like heavyweight, that is a that is a um that is a super competitive, right? Like like weight class and and all, and all of them are. I never want to take anything away from any of the competitors, but all the things Kellyanne sacrificed to get ready and mm-hmm. for the the result to be like it was, her winning like her individual medal and then even winning like as a team, just I mean it's history, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm part of history now, so Yes, you are. Um, I was really happy with with like being able to go out there and win one match like on the world stage versus when I went to the world games and it just was I was so nervous and and then also just like so freaking grateful like the women in sumo were all so many ages Mm -hmm. and um and like shout out to the to the baddies over 40. Like I I love that that for that love that for us. I love that for me, for my future. And like my favorite part was um I like headbutted with one of the the other women from the Japanese team, the yeah. team from Japan. So that was just oh, that was amazing. The Tachi I was the Tachi I was affirmed. Destiny fulfilled. It was amazing. Oh, oh my gosh. And I have but I have but everybody, every chance I get coming out the Tachi Eye. I wanna I wanna headbutt you. It's a show of love, respect, and I'm trying to beat you. So just go for it. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that, right? Like I wanna be telling like my kids and my nephews and nieces and just uh just everyone about it. Um so yeah, I just left Japan feeling uh, feeling so feeling so full and amazing uh, travel meeting folks I mean the beautiful people from Brazil they're yeah. all so amazing World Combat Games we met like these um, these amazing competitors from Venezuela like it's amazing and and uh in San Diego too is going to be the qualifiers for the World Combat Game so we have our tournament in February and then June 1st is when the qualifiers are so hey like if you're if you're listening to this and you want you want to make history set yourself up for it and get involved get into a sumo club now practice find your sumo and come out here to San Diego and kick somebody's ass can I say ass on here yes it's okay to leave it out okay come and if you don't come um you know get connected with a, a, a local sumo club um and and, and try it out uh, push past whatever thing that you're waiting for and do it because uh you know your your history making moment is waiting for you whatever that may be if it's on the world stage or if it's in your own backyard uh, yeah get into it not only can you go to the u.s federation website. You can also go to sumo411.com, which has a calendar of all of the local sumo tournaments on it. Uh, also ones in Europe, the Hakaho Cup is on here, the Paris Open, like oh. it's all these sumo tournaments all over the world. That's what that one is. That's amazing. Christina, it was lovely talking to you. And for anyone else who wants to know 
more about Hanusumo or their foundation, or you just want to know what these people look like and in more from this interview, from this discussion that we had, go to our YouTube channel because there's a longer version of this interview on our YouTube channel. Woohoo! In our earlier episode about Kochanawaka, we talked a lot about how this kid comes, Kochanawaka, comes from sumo royalty. And how he has spent his entire life in the stable, training under his own father. Yes. Right? There's lots of really interesting dynamics to that. You can listen to all of that in episode 129. But it it comes up again because in the last Basho, as... Kotonawaka did so well, mm-hmm. so well in this Sekiwaki position. He, w- at the end of the Basho, he went up against a Yokozuna Terunofuji mm-hmm. and lost mm-hmm. pretty severely. So at the end of the Basho, even though he was so thrilled to be going up to this Ozeki status, he was initially not very satisfied with a promotion. Yeah, there were sumo tears. There were, yeah. And when people asked him about how he was feeling, he just kept saying things like, I'm frustrated. He would be silent. He would like bite his lip. And he said, I I just can't be satisfied with myself because I challenged the Yokozuna with all of my strength. So I always imagine him be like, I'm just... I'm not satisfied because I <laughs> try my hardest. That's not at all the way he was doing, but that is the way I see it in my mind. But he said he was ashamed and he cried that evening all the next day because, quote, I am aiming for the top, right? So he still saw there was a really big difference in power and technique when he went up against Terunofuji. He's never beaten Terunofuji. Mm-hmm. And Terunofuji, even after he beat Kotonowaka, said, you know, if that kid gains some strength, he could make it to the top. Yeah. Right? But Kotonowaka is quoted as saying, yes, but losing is losing. Right. <laughs> the result is everything. Right? And he gets that. Yeah, he spends a little negative, but well, that's like that's okay. normal for a lot of sumo wrestlers. Yeah. Well, and growing up in a sumo stable where... When you have a famous grandfather who is a Yokozuna and has said things like, quote, cure your injuries with practice. Yes. <laughs> the old fashioned way. The good old fashioned way of it's, it, you're, it's in your all in your head. Just keep practicing. Yeah. Just keep practicing. Keep go- doing it. So he's grown up in all of that. So, of course, he was disappointed and frustrated with himself. However... After a few days to, like, let that simmer, he heard that he was going to become Ozeki, and he changed. Mm -hmm. So he shows up to the ceremony, and they have, you know, the ceremony in which we, you know, you alluded to earlier, that Mm -hmm. lovely ceremony in which they bow and they pledge. And he pledged uh, with gratitude and compassion. He said, you know, my grandfather taught me that. You need to be thankful for everything. And so I'm thankful for this. I have compassion for for those around me. And that sort of it, it sort of changed the tune that we started to hear through the media about, you know, what was gonna happen in the future. And one of the first things that we heard is that Kotonawaka is gonna change his name. Right. To Koto Zakura. Right. Right? 
And so that is what inspired this whole episode, because we were like, oh, you know what? We didn't focus so much on Kota Sakura last time, so perhaps right. we should. If he's thinking about go, taking his name. What's he all about? Yeah, right? So the morning after the Basho, Kota Nawaka put his hands on his grandfather's Buddhist altar, wherever this is. He said, thank you very much for watching over me for 15 days. The Ozeki promotion was decided. And in the ceremony, um, he said, okay, I'm going to take on my grandfather's name, but not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. I am going to compete in this first Basho as Ozeki with my name Kotunawaka in honor of my father. father. Right. Who was, again, his coach. Right. And who only ever made it to Sekiwake. Right. So he so, surpassed him, yeah. Right. He's Big time. surpassed his father. That's <laughs> one of the reasons his father was crying and so proud right. at the Ozeki ceremony, because his own kids surpassed him. Right. So he said, I am going to make my name with this name, at the one I already have, right. as Ozeki. So it solidifies it as Ozeki. And then when there's a chance for me to go on and get this Yokozuna belt, so my second tournament, probably the May tournament, I am going to take on the name of my grandfather. Right. Which is Kota Kota Zakura. As I looked into this Yokozuna, who happens to be the 53rd Yokozuna, um, I was like, oh, okay, now I see in the family dynamics how this kind of golden child, a grandchild of Koto Zakura, this is what he, this is how he came to be, right? So, oh, and by the way, that bronze statue of Koto Zakura is, um, it's in Kurayoshi Totori, which oh, is where you. he is from. And they have uh, his house, I think that the rented house he grew up in, like is a museum. And I, you can go onto the website and check it out and see some of the objects that are in there. But it's just okay. like somebody's house and then they made it into, you know, a museum. Okay, got it. Um, now, as you tell us yes. about this man, yes. I just want everyone who's listening to picture like Kojo Nawaka when right. he was in fourth grade. Yes. Talking to his grandfather. Yes. When his grandfather was still alive and, and pledging to him, I will become Ozeki, grandfather, yes. because supposedly that is what he did. Yeah. I mean, it's intense. Like the more I kind of realized, oh, the pressure to be great this kid must be just a stone cold kid. Like he had the ability. He's an only child. Yep. His father runs a stable, his grandfather's stable. And his mother, um, who he looks exactly like, she looks exactly like him. But just smaller. But just smaller. <laughs> but like same face. It's like kind of crazy. Oh, and it's just there's so much pressure for this kid. And, you know, a lot of kids don't survive that pressure. But somehow this special kid got the message and has kind of been cool as a cucumber. There was one story where I did read that he was like, he mentioned, like, if I want to quit this, his mother and father, who he doesn't call mother and father, once he joined the stable, he had to call them, you know, Okami-san. And, yeah, his dad said, and, I, I'm not going to be your dad anymore. Yeah. You realize that. I Yeah. And you're it, my it, disciple now. If right. you join Sumo, if you move over there into the Sumo stable, right, 
you are now my disciple yeah. and I am your master and I am going to be harder on you than I am on anybody else. And then his mother said, if you quit, just remember you have Can't nowhere to come home to. And I was just like, <laughs> she's just a chip off the old block, isn't she? Yep. With uh, that kind of attitude. So In I was like, words, I don't know where quit. she got. Yeah, I don't know where she got. Like he got more pressure from her side or from his. Yeah. But anyway, the kid... It now explains to me his calm demeanor and how he's just balanced this incredible pressure. And here we are. He's done it. And he seems to be sweet and well-rounded and poised. And I'm impressed. But let me tell you a little bit about his grandfather. Born Norio Kamatani, or Kamitani Norio. Actually, I could have said that that backwards. Um, And his father was a regional amateur sumo tournament organizer. And his father also happened to be, I think, a policeman. And they lived in like a rented house in um, Kuriyoshi, Japan. And I'm not exactly sure where that is. But he was born in um, 1940. Just down the street. From just, the down the, just down the street. Sure. Um, he was born in 1940. Um, so if he had lived, he'd be about 83 years old. So... Since his father was into, you know, judo and that kind of stuff, that's how he grew up. And he was so good that he reached like Shodan level, which is like a level that's never even like given to to kids. It's hmm. like a level of achievement that you can't really unlock as a child. It's like super strength. Yeah. You've like, got to like collect all the gold coins exactly. to get to that level. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exa- that's exact, exactly how it is. And he was just kind of this complete whiz kid in, in judo. And in those days when everyone heard that there was a kid who was really amazing, then word got out. And he was scouted by uh, Komasubi to join the Sadagotake stable. And that's the stable that he joined. And you know today that name because that is still a powerhouse of all the Kotos. Okay. So he made his professional debut in 59 and he made it to Jurio in 62. Um, and the one thing, uh, well, and then up to Sanyaku in um, 64. So that's not like a crazy fast journey up there. It's a reasonable amount of time. Um, he got stronger the whole time, but he had um, he had a really bad injury, and that sent him down to the bottom. So he's an, also one of those other stories of like he had to kind of rise from the ashes. Mm. And his whole journey up to Yokozuna was kind of one of those stories of staying power, of you know you're not injured. It's a it's a thing in your mind, you know, and because that's what he did. I think he like literally broke his leg or, or broke his ankle or something like that. So he had a huge injury and managed to make his way back quickly. And then he in 67, he was a Sekiwaki. He started to get prizes. And then he finally got to be promoted to Ozeki. He won uh, two tournament championships, 50 or 68, 69. Um but by that time, everyone kind of sort of treated him as like this eternal Ozeki. He wasn't always in contention for the Yokozuna promotion. It was three years at Ozeki, which is really hard to do. Wow, yeah. He was older and he did make it um, with some of these old injuries still bothering him. He made it 
up to the rank. And that's after a number of Kadoban, you know, tournaments at Ozeki. So it was an up and down kind of thing. Hmm. And he won back-to-back championships in November 72 to 73. And that finally got him at age 32 up to Yokozuna. So an older Yokozuna. How old was Ted Inafuji when he became... I don't know. I'd have to look it up. I'd have to look it up. But it's one of those things where, like, you become a Yokozuna, like, younger, like, Hako, you can really have a career and maybe get some time to heal. But he had spent all those years just fighting it out with those old injuries and still made it at 32, which is kind of amazing. The thing was, once he became Yokozuna, he only had eight tournaments as a Yokozuna. And he only won one tournament as a Yokozuna. Interesting. So I that was one thing I was like, oh, I, I thought he was going to be like some kind of, you know, legendary. Like, yeah, that held that rank for like five, ten years. Right. He had five Makauchi championships, but I think only one as Yokozuna. Interesting. Um, but he had two fighting spirit, four outstanding performance. He won two Jurio championships, and he beat, um, he had a couple of gold stars in there too. So he became Yokozuna in 73, and then he retired shortly thereafter in that's pretty amazing though 70 well his his record when he became yokozuna 11-4 the next tournament 10-5 the next one he won the tournament 14 and 1 the next one was 9-6 11-4 not bad but then all of 1974 was pretty injured it was like i'm here for three tournaments probably gave away some gold stars i'm out he had Mm. one he had one eight and seven tournament and then two tournaments later he retired so I think his body caught up with him. But what I think he was really known for is the stable he established. And like I said, all the Kotos, he had he had Koto Shogiku, mm-hmm. Koto Oshu, who you see all the time uh, on the sidelines mm-hmm. as a as a as a coach. All the Kotos that became Sekiwakes and Ozekis, he is responsible for. And and Kotonowaka, his you know. Kotonowaka number one, not number two, or I don't even know how many Kotonowakas, but yeah. he brought, he raised him up as well, you know, to be a fighter. Yeah. He was known as this kind of voracious, is that the right word? Um, scouting like type of coach and master. He, the second he heard that there was a kid anywhere, mm. he would like just, I imagine just get in his car and just drive out there. And he had this crazy ability to, somehow get kids who are like, um, dude, I know you're here to scout me. I am not interested in sumo. And he would somehow get even the most stubborn kid to join sumo. He just was so passionate about sumo, it continuing on. And his stable was a powerhouse stable. And you can just kind of see that that may be exactly what trickled down to Kotonawaka because like those things he he said, he died in 2007. And so I don't know how old Kotonawaka was then, like 12 or something. There's some pictures of them. But I think that sort of spirit that he instilled in Kotonawaka was like, keep fighting. He was just like a cheerleader for sumo. And mm-hmm. he was well, he was well loved um, and well respected 
Well, and, and very, very revered the kind of wrestler he was. He he was really good at pushing sumo and then he snapped his ankle and then he goes, OK, uh, no, sorry, I'm, I'm wrong. He initially with judo was more of like a, I'm on the belt kind of thing. Yeah. When he realized he couldn't do all that with his ankle and his injury, he came back and completely changed his style of sumo. So yeah. he was known as the fierce bull. He had a nickname because he was so powerful with his notawa and his thrusts. He was really, really uh, a force. And he was 5'11", 350. So I don't think he's as big as Kota Nawaka. Maybe I think Kotonawaka Sr. is taller, um, but he he could really pack a punch. And um, I like to always look at uh, fun facts. He is in a James Bond movie, You Only Live Twice, and he is seen fighting in the ring against Fujinishiki, and this was a 1967 James Bond movie. Another crazy fun fact, and then I was like, I have to know more about this. There was, he survived an incident in 1963. Have you ever heard of the Sadagotake Stable blowfish poisoning incident? Yes, I have, actually. On November 11th, 1963, Koto Zakura was present at a meal that had been prepared for him by one of the younger wrestlers, um, or basically one of the new kids made blowfish chankonabe. <laughs> And he boiled the liver, which is the poisonous part, and poisoned, like, everyone who ate it. And he escaped it because Akota Zakura escaped it because he had something made special for him because he was, you know, a high-ranking wrestler. But did you know that three wrestlers passed away? This came up when I was looking up crime stories. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a weird story. I know, because you're like a young kid who's like maybe mad at the way he's treated. Did he? Did he? Or because was it a he, mistake? Right, but he didn't eat the blowfish, Chankonabe <laughs> himself. But the more interesting thing when I researched that is that that kid went on all the way. He was forgiven by everyone. He yeah. went on to become a Sekiwake. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, if you don't cook much, that could be a mistake you make. I would have to say, if someone and gave then, me a blue blowfish, I wouldn't know one way to cook it or not. Well, like, I wouldn't have an idea. It would really inspire your sumo if you said, I have to give back. <laughs> I have to give back because I made this terrible mistake I, yeah. when I was younger. So I have to fight hard. I have to fight through my injuries. I'm not making fun of this. I no, really am not. I know, but it was back in '63. Yeah. Um, no, but it's it's a weird one, and it, it was is kind a of a one-off one. Like right. poisonings are not common in sumo no. stables. Thankfully, thankfully. I mean, yeah, that I'm, we know of. I, right. That's why they probably have somebody who's like guiding them. If they're like, "Have you ever touched a, a blowfish pot before? Potter pan?" And they're like, "These are the things that we do for food safety." That's bet, what I'd like to think. I hope so. I bet that was the end of blowfish chanko. Yes, and I've never heard of it since. Yeah, and that's so. probably a great rule. Yeah. It's probably on the wall, like on a sheet of paper. Do not make chonko out of the following things. And blowfish is number one on the list. Do not let mayonnaise sit out that's right. in the hot heat. You know, just basic food safety issues. Don't leave your Caesar salads out, y'all. Exactly. Here's another fun one. After Kotazukura's death, several sumo wrestlers heard footsteps that seemed to belong to him in the stable training room. They have so he's 
mm-hmm. haunting the mm-hmm. stable. Oh, that poor kid, Coach Nawaka, growing up in a place that's haunted by his grandfather. Yeah. But I don't think he's like haunted bad. I think it's like haunted, haunted good. good. Okay. He's like, he's, he's a still presence here. that's a loving presence that's always watching over everyone, perhaps keeping them all safe. Um, but let's it, hope he's a nice ghost. I hope so. Not throwing things around. Yeah. Let, let's hope so. But, uh, 723 wins in his career, 428 losses. That's pretty good, you know? Yeah. And to become the 53rd Yokozuna, that's quite that's quite a deal. So that may help explain why Kota Nawaka is so good. Is not only is his father yes. a champion, his yes. mother is the daughter of a Yokozuna. And they actually, the grandfather, Koto Zakura, had a great uncle who was also a professional rikishi. So this lineage of wrestlers wow. goes way back. Wow. Well, I will say one thing I want to add is that that grandfather strictly ordered his son, Koto Nawaka the first, mm-hmm. to quote Make a Yokozuna. Oh, his his son-in-law? Yes, his yes. son-in-law. son-in-law. Sorry, not son. Son-in-law. He yes. said, I'm going to strictly order you to do this. Make a Yokozuna. Yeah. Now, I don't know if this was on like the marriage day when he was like, make me a Yokozuna. Or if it was when Kotonowaka was older and he was like, make a Yokozuna. Or, or if it was just overall. Perhaps that's why someone. he's haunting. Maybe the haunting will go away yes. once the Yokozuna is made. It, it might be. Then his footsteps can finally, his feet can finally rest. Yes. <laughs> yes. So that's a lot of pressure for sweet little, sweet-faced Kotonowaka. It really is. So here are some other things that Kotonowaka has said, just to bring all this together. My grandfather's advice, cure your injury with practice. I think it doesn't mean to practice, even if you are injured, but to train again and build a stronger body than before you were injured. I'm alive now. That was the end of that quote. (laughs) (laughs) I like the Japanese translation of that. Like, was he dead when he was saying this? Is this a vision? Is this a ghost? (laughs) I am alive now. I like it. And here's another one. Okay. I don't think I'll get stronger just by imitating someone. Be yourself. I want to become a sumo wrestler who is not a predecessor or a master. I want to pursue. I want to pursue it until I quit. All right, or partook set- it, or partook it. <laughs> <laughs> I have partook it in many things. <laughs> he said he's excited to start his new sumo life as Ozeki, aiming for his grandfather's ranking. Yes, yeah, and, and that's I pretty hope, exciting. I hope that happens. I hope all of that. You know, protection and that haunting hope, haunting will keep him safe and make it possible. <laughs> One other random thing that I ran across yes. this time. So he busted a ligament in his knee. Mm-hmm. That's, um, you know, his, his father has said he, he's seen his son struggle so very much. And it was really hard to watch his son struggle, especially when he got injured. He right. ripped one of the ligaments in his knee and he really needed to go out. To get it surgically repaired. Oof. However, and this is just recently, right? This is like 2021, 2022. But didn't want to take the time off. So they opted for uh, what was translated as regenerative 
medical intervention, which I believe is like stem cell stuff. Really? Yeah, where you put stem cells into your knee to help regenerate the ligaments. Wow. And he says that's worked really well for him. Wow. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. I also bet he had to change his style of sumo a little bit at the same time, because I think when you get injured, you just have to, and that's part of climbing up the well, ranks. Well, that's his grandfather's... That's what he did. Exactly. I got majorly injured, so I got to shift the way I fight. Exactly. And it worked. Yep. And that's also what Wakanahana said after he watched Kotonowaka in the last Basho. And he was like, that kid isn't ready for Yokozuna. He'll be fine as an Ozeki. But he actually said uh, he doesn't have enough standing and power. If you look at his two matches against Terunofuji... The, there's a big difference in the size of muscle strength in a fluffy presence. And I think he's talking about Kachanawaka being yeah. a fluffy presence, which just makes me think of the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man, I and I love it. I was called Poofy when okay. I was there. And that well, is the equivalent of you're fluffy. You're Poofy, and Kachanawaka <laughs> is fluffy. <Yes. laughs> I think it's their way of saying, you're a little extra. You got a little extra. I, well, I don't know. Which I just was like, I'm slightly offended, but I guess that's kind of the cutest way of being called a little fat. But but he says, in a fluffy presence that makes you stand up quickly, you will be taken advantage of, even yeah. at the bottom of the ranking. So in order to make use of the size and softness of the body, it may be good to balance both training and muscle training and adopt a different attempt. Interesting. Yeah. So but he's saying that. he's got to train, like, more well, muscle training. He's a little soft and fluffy. I mean, we, <laughs> we, saw, that. we saw that with Kirishima <laughs> up against Terunofuji. We saw that with Kotonowaka up against Terunofuji. Like, everybody can't match Terunofuji's strength. Well, that's what makes you a Yokozuna. Exactly. So right? if You're you want to be that, and Terunofuji is, you like... You can't be fluffy. Turn on the heavy metal. He is in the gym pumping iron. He is. And... Have you ever thought of the adjective fluffy next to Terunofuji? No. No. No, but he is I not have fluffy. thought it in terms of Kotonoka. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. For sure fluffy. Yeah. yeah. I have a fluffy butt. Yeah. Well, we all have parts of us that are fluffy. And I love, you know what? That's good. Like everybody's a little fluffy, right? <laughs> if we weren't, then like the world would be boring, right? That's right. It'd That's be right. all non-fluffy people. Yeah. So anyway. here, here's two fluffy people like Kotonawaka, who is now an Ozeki, a fluffy Ozeki. That's right. I think that's it. Until next week, I am Leslie. I'm Laria. Cannot wait to read your submissions for next week. Very exciting. Yeah, we'll announce our sexiest sumo wrestle for 2024 next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.